righteousness. I tell you the truth, almost no Christians that have ever lived have ever practiced righteousness. It's an advanced righteousness. When your whole brain is eaten and controlled by the glory cloud of the throne room of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to take everyone up into that manifestation of correct and accurate teaching. Amen. Eaten up the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or the curse of the fall, out of your heart and mind. 
That's the measure you live in the honey glory. I mean, don't you want to be pure sweetness? Let him devour your flesh. Let him devour your spirit, your soul, your mind, your bones and marrow. teams here that will completely remodel your body. Here's what they're going to do. They're going to completely whack you up with the glory. They'll pour so much glory in your head that you'll fall into a trance. You get heavy, you feel like you're getting sleepy. That's just surgery medicine. When you go out, they're going to break all your bones. <laughs> oh my gosh, they'll break your bones out the demonic sand out of all your bones, your leg bones, your rib bones, your back bones, every spinal cord, your arms, your hands, your fingers, they'll break all your fingers. I'm telling you, it's angelic surgery. And they'll, they'll dump out all the demonic sand of 6,000 years of human activity on earth, and they'll fill you with the bone marrow of Jesus Christ, transfigured at the right hand of God. And it will completely remove every curse from 6,000 years of generations that you have in your flesh and DNA right now. And it will be a completely new beginning in the glory for you physically. The Word must be made flesh. The Spirit must burn through your flesh all the time. That's what it's all about. The Spirit taking over the flesh. The Spirit people taking back the earth realm from Satan, and it's done by angelic surgery. Hebrews 4.12, the word slicing you in half. You have no idea how good it feels to get all your bones broken and your spine melted until they disintegrated in the lava fire of Jesus Christ. You have no idea how good it feels to finally not be a human. <laughs> it's a true saying that the glory is 0% human. Uh-huh. That's why mm. no one walks in the glory very deeply because they want to hold on to their human nature, Whoa. the control nature yes. of the fallen angels. You have to give that up to go deep in the glory. I was posting earlier how 20 years following the Holy Spirit, we've never had decrease. I've never seen decrease following the Holy Spirit for 20 years. No matter what kind of crazy thing He asked me to do. Even if it was a temporary loss, there was always an increase of glory that brought more quickly. There was never decrease. And the key to an ever-increasing glory in this world is stepping out in faith and living in mystery. Not having to figure anything out. Just trusting Him, walking by faith like a little child, I know Dad's got me. I don't understand 99% of what I'm going through the last 20 years. I didn't understand 99% of it for 20 years. There's stuff I'm still just beginning to understand that happened to me 20 years ago, 30 years ago. You don't need to figure any of it out. The more comfortable you are in mystery, just enjoying His presence, the faster God can accelerate your spiritual growth and promote you in the things of the Spirit. It's all about faith. If you need to figure it out, you'll never go deep in the glory. 
you must learn to rest and be at peace in mystery. <laughs> Amen. Oh, man. Why do I get physically high when I choke the ghost? Mystery. Who cares why? What's wrong with us? Why do you need to have it figured out? Why can't you just enjoy the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Without serving the mark of the beast for one day. Amen? It's the beast nature that needs to figure everything out before it obeys. It's not faith, it's not God, it's a religious demon. It's what steals your inheritance that's hidden in mystery, it's hidden in faith. <coughs> faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And lately, God's been playing hide-and-go-seek with me in heaven. <laughs> and he hides behind, like, a pillar of light. And, and I'm like, where are you at? And I go find him, and then he disappears, and he pokes me from behind. And, then, and, and, and it's like the substance of faith is a light that's so thick and so tangible that you can't see one inch in front of your eyes. And so you don't know what the next step's going to be. The next step might be a cliff that you're falling off. You know, but you're gonna fall into a pool of bliss, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Just get high and forget about it. <laughs> you especially have to learn to trust those cliffs. Yeah. <laughs> the spirit will lead you off a cliff constantly. Constantly. Whoa. It's like a never ending cliff, honestly. <laughs> Most of the time, I tell you the truth, it felt like the spirit was leading me downward. Because you go downward to go upward. It, everything the Spirit of God does in leadership in your life is nonsense to the carnal mind. Totally. So you have to start out counting all the ability of the flesh, especially the brain, as garbage. Paul said, I counted all my carnal education as garbage, refuse, dung, a dung heap, for the sake of knowing Christ and being known. That's the beginning of walking by faith, that all your natural ability, your natural education, all that the human nature is capable of doing in this world and learning in this world as garbage. <laughs> garbage for the sake of knowing the Spirit of Christ and being taught of Christ, being intimate with Christ, and going into the glory of Christ. His ways of teaching undo everything you've ever learned in the natural man to develop the spirit man. All right. <laughs> 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creature has come. The old is gone, the new is here. Why are we still adopting our old nature? Why are we even putting up with it? We are in Christ. Christ is in us. There is nothing else. Everything else is literally fleshly idolatry that you've put back between the master who's already freed you from your slavery. So we open our hearts not to go back and close them again, but to keep them forever eternally open to him, the shepherd and overseer of our souls. So let him oversee your soul and stop being the overseer of your soul yourself. Let the heart of God reign and rule you in spirit and in truth. Paul says 26 times in the New Testament, the Greek word mysterion, 
What was the key to the apostolic glory that the Apostle Paul walked in? He was comfortable in mystery. He didn't have to figure it out. He just trusted. Cloud by day, fire by night. Obedient love slaves. Fall in love and trust Him. He's a perfect lover. I'm just telling you guys, I was astonished today, looking back over the last two decades walking with Christ, that I've never seen decrease. It's the greatest sign and wonder. My, my path in life is complete nonsense. It is so bizarre. But everything the Spirit of God has done has brought increase in every area. Spiritually, mentally, and physically in the natural realm, there's been increase. I want to say this. The revelation is the mystery of Christ. Colossians 4.3 And Paul says in 4.4 that I would reveal and fully unfold the mystery. And he says in 1 Timothy, for the mystery of righteousness is truly amazing. <laughs> Check this out. Colossians 2.2. 2. I'm contending for you that your hearts will be wrapped in the comfort of heaven and woven together in love's fabric. See all of our hearts woven together with love's fabric. Come on. This will give you access to all the riches of God as you experience the revelation of God's great mystery, Christ. Christ is a mystery. God's great mystery, Colossians 2.2, is nothing less than Christ, the Messiah, living inside your hearts. Why is it mystery? Because the soul can't comprehend it. What you got in salvation works in your heart. Your mind awakens to Christ, the mystery in your heart. How? Trust, faith, rest in the unknown of a different world outside the flesh of Jesus in you. <laughs> it will challenge you continuously until you're yielded and surrendered. And that's when you enter the promised land. When your soul is comfortable in the mystery of Christ in your heart, then your soul enters the promised land. Then your soul lives in the Garden of Eden. Amen. <laughs> oh. So many of us too, we just end up stuck with distance between the Father and ourselves. We don't boldly approach the throne of grace. We, we sit back and tremble. And look, for all things holiness, we should be able to boldly go to Him for instruction, for purpose, for His mandate over our lives, because we are fully one in Christ. But we put back structure because we are, we're ashamed of receiving the fullness of God. It's unbelief. <laughs> we put unbelief structures back in place to keep God at a distance, even though He dealt with all the distance. And then we're, you know, everyone hands out the tracks, you know. Oh, Jesus is the bridge. You know, you ever seen that? There's the valley. There's the unpassable valley without the cross of Christ to, to be the, the crossover point through Christ. 
So why are we why are we going on the bridge and then coming backwards? Back to where we came from. No, we're supposed to fully cross over and be in the full promised land, which includes the throne of God, which means being on the throne with Him, which means ruling with Him, and then going from our throne seat into New Jerusalem and bringing everybody we can with us. Because we don't want to party without you. That's the power of God made manifest and revival glory pouring from your very nature and participating with your heart so aligned with the, with the call of God that it's undeniable so that we can crush the unbelief in the hearts and minds of the people. The deeper you can walk in mystery, the more glory they'll be magnified through your soul, the more you'll crush the unbelief nature of the flesh. You will bring people's life right into your glory cloud. Your spirit nature is a cloud of glory. As you learn to rest in it, people will come into your glory. What does the Bible say in Isaiah? They'll come to the rise of your brightness and your shining. The nations will stream to you to the rise of your shining and glory of a people that rest their souls in the light of Christ in their hearts. Paul said, I'm a mystery to myself. Romans 7.15 He couldn't even figure himself out. Oh my gosh. Romans 7.15 I'm a mystery to myself. That's so good. <laughs> That's really good. I don't even know what I am. It doesn't matter. Yeah. As long as I'm in him, looking at him, experiencing him, I can go anywhere, do anything. That's what it means to be fully crucified with Christ. You become a mystery to your own self. And you should be. You should totally dis defranchise, disenfranchise yourself from your entire being. You should alienate yourself so yourself is like a stranger to you. Yeah. Because you only are aware of Christ's presence burning in you. Self is this distant shadow. It's actually just a demon pretending to be you in an old sinful carnal nature. The cursed nature, the grave clothes, putting on death as a shadow, pretending like wearing a corpse on your spirit is your old man and your carnal nature. I'm telling you, it's a circumcision of the shadow man, the false self. Self is a shadow. It's the demonic nature, it's the mark of the beast, it's the dragonian possession of original sin that is circumcised as soon as you believe in Jesus and your spirit gets tr completely illuminated, translated out of darkness into his glorious light. And now there's no more shadows in your spirit. And if you keep your mind attached to your shadowless new creature in Christ's spirit, man, it will burn through your soul in an ever-increasing glory as long as you can live in the mystery. Even yourself of what happened to you at your conversion, if you can rest in the mystery of being a new creature, you will have sustaining glory. And it will never fade away. It fades away when we get fearful or we go back into the control spirit of religion. Try and try to figure it all out. Because then you stop walking by faith. You stop living in the mystery, in the glory. 
The Bible says angels long to look into these things. Means they don't know. Mm-hmm. They're looking. They're in the fullness of glory, perfect souls and spirit beings. But they don't understand these things. But they're totally cool with it. It's fun to learn. But you have to be like the angels that can live in the fullness of glory without having it figured out. It's crucial to a habitation of glory. Otherwise, you'll always go back into the flesh and forfeit the presence of God for the religious control spirit. Amen. Whoa. You don't even like. Everyone loves to use that scripture. Oh, pick up your cross daily and follow Jesus. What does that mean? It means literally pick up your cross, stop being stuck on the cross without walking with God and walk with him in the fullness of the cross's power because the gospel is the power of God. So that means we should be moving into the accelerated life that he's inherited for us. Amen? So we do that and from that place what we inherit is the ability to to have abolished the religious order of do's and don'ts. What? Why do we sit here and preach the gospel of eating and drinking? Which is what the gospel that Jesus said as well. What did he say? John came to you with fasting, and I come to you with eating and drinking, but both were killed. We come with the gospel of drink, we come with the gospel of eat, of partake, of eating the word. And what did Paul say? What was the one thing the Corinthian people fought over? Food sacrificed to idols. And everyone wanted Paul to instruct what the do's and don'ts were. Paul said, if it affects your conscience, don't do it. But I'm not going to tell another whose conscience is not affected not to do it unless someone proclaims that that food's been sacrificed to an idol. Then and only then do you abstain from it. So this is where we're at. This is where we are spiritually consuming all of the powers of the earth, except for the ones that have been exclusively dedicated to idols, bringing them in and, and manifesting the glory on the earth through them, through sanctification and purification, because we are carriers of the glory cloud. We've got to bring it. We've got to release it. We've got to let it come from our very thrones. Revelation 21, the Spirit lifted them into the city on top of a mountain. The reason why it's so critical is no one in the world can be brought by the Spirit into the New Jerusalem on top of the mountain unless they can rest in mystery. Mm. You cannot inherit the New Jerusalem (laughs) until you're first in the peace of God, then in the rest of God. The rest of God is in the mystery of God. That's the place that He can lift your consciousness your heart and your mind onto the high mountain. You're not going to let them take you up on a high mountain if you're not at rest in mystery. You will resist the spirit, quench the spirit, grieve the spirit, fight the spirit, and the people that minister to the spirit that are trying to raise you onto the high mountain will be the false prophets to you. Because you're not at rest in mystery. You don't trust the glory cloud to sustain your entire being. First there comes an intimacy. Jesus come into my heart. We got a him in our heart. We got the oil in our heart. And I believe that when you enter the bridegroom's chambers is when you are carried to the new Jerusalem. So you first have to know him on the inside. You have to be at rest with his anointing in you. Your life is sustained no longer by self, but by the oil of Jesus Christ that you've cultivated out of intimacy as wise virgins. 
That oil itself is the oil of the Holy Spirit that raises you in Revelation 21 on top of the mountains. The mountains are the flesh. The Spirit raises you above the flesh for angelic ability. Your spirit is loaded with divine angelic ability. And I'm not just talking about the seven stars in your right hand, archangel power, which is also given to the body of Christ in the Bible, but your ability that is like the archangels as a spirit being that has a soul that lives in a body, that lives over the body. The entire purpose of revelation and the preaching of the gospel is to raise the dead, to set captives free. Cleanse lepers, which means removes bad teaching, remove all the teaching of religion out of your hearts and minds, which is the cleansing of leprosy. And getting people totally set free into jubilee. Jubilee is having your spirit man constantly watering your soul and flesh in divine order. Living on the mountaintops is having your spirit free from the flesh. It's available for everyone, but you have to let go of your ability to figure it out and control everything. You will be continuously challenged in this. After you're born again, this is the entire purpose of your existence after you're saved. To let go and to be raised above your natural man into your spirit man's ability. Into the angelic heavenly sphere over the flesh. Over the seven mountains. Where the new Jerusalem is being built by the overcomers. Everyone that learns to rest in God and is safe and secure with their mind in mystery. Those are the only people that live in New Jerusalem. So your fears are continuously challenged. Fear is what the enemy challenges you with to not go any higher in God. (laughs) Fear is actually a covenant with death that pegs your mind into the natural realm. Perfect love drives out fear so that you can rest in mystery. Love is the greatest mystery. God is love. Can you rest in a love that doesn't make any sense to your natural man and just receive it all the time? It takes discipleship because it's unnatural. No one can say, oh, I just jumped into the house of wine, Song of Solomon 2.4. I've been perfect in the house of wine ever since I was born again. You're a liar. You have to be trained to live in that level of mystery. And then there's a constant challenge to go deeper daily, to surrender more, to go deeper in love. And then the challenge becomes putting that same challenge that God put on you onto others and learning how to minister the mysteries, learning how to minister the spirit that raises the dead, that builds up their heart over their heads. The crown of life is when your heart finally reaches above your head. The life is in the blood. Well, the crown of life means that the life blood of Jesus in your heart has now total dominion over your own brain. Very few people in the world have ever been controlled by Christ and not their own brain. I'm talking about full possession of the river of life becoming temples of the Holy Spirit. Promised land, new covenant temples. The bride of Christ is the new Jerusalem. The new Jerusalem and the temple is her fully yielded to Christ within her that raised her above the flesh to rule and have dominion over all creation. It's a people that are fully manifesting the Son of God from within, that are lifted up to the highest places in the universe. The new Jerusalem is the actual bride of Christ. Amen. I saw the New Jerusalem coming down like a scroll. 
And the scripture says she is the bride. What did she marry? She married the mystery. <laughs> did she figure it all out when she began to rule and reign? Not even close. You could go a hundred million years and there'll be things about today you still won't have figured out. The issue is embracing the glory of God when your mind can't comprehend it and doing that constantly until your mental faculties are no longer idolatrous. That's the mark of the beast. That you can actually completely yield to Christ living in the midst of you. And that let that consume everything and the mind loses power. The soul loses its power over the spirit. And that's how you overcome the world. <laughs> Glory. That's right. That's why, guys, that's why Jesus said, no man can come unless I call him myself. And that's because he came to save us from ourself. Self that had no hope of salvation in and of itself. Self that could not get anywhere or do anything. Self that was locked down in pride and, and, and connected to Babylon, connected to Satan in this world in complete darkness and ignorance and unable to see outside of its own darkness of the shadow that it casts on itself by turning away from the light of God and rebellion. So humanity, ever since they ate the apple, has been standing in the own, their own shadow that they cast by turning away from the light. That's why no man can come to him except that he call that person of and in himself. Jesus Christ came down, plunged into the depths of ourself, plunged past the final breath of toxic darkness that we're living in, and grasped a deeper reality, which is our true nature, I am. Because we were joined to Christ before the foundations of the world. You were made one with Christ before you were even formed as a soul and a body in this earth. So. He reached down past the illusion of self, past the illusion of the shadow that your own pride has kept you locked in and reached that deeper reality of I am and pulled it up through your soul. And that's what's happening to you right now is as you drink the glory and you drink his light, you're drinking the spirit from within. It's not even though we go like this, it's coming up from a well within and it's coming up out of your soul and it's washing away all the debris and all, all the lies in your brain and it's sizzling and burning it up and your brain actually has the entire second heavens inside of it your brain actually has the entire universe inside of it and your the great tribulation is you ascending through the universe up above principalities and you take higher and higher thrones as the spirit the bright morning star rises up in your soul and the soul is the bride as the bright morning star rises in the bride, it conquers principality after principality after principality until it reaches the peak of Armageddon, which is the place of Golgotha, the skull, where Christ was crucified. And that is the place where the mind is completely crucified and yielded to the spirit. No longer a self, but Christ that lives in me. <laughs> and that is that is when you are able to enter into the new Jerusalem and you're actually able to start living out of heaven on earth. <laughs> Do you guys know how big you are in the spirit? 
Do you guys know how much authority you have? Look, Jesus held seven stars in his right hand. We have one star in our solar system. So Jesus had, by comparison, seven solar systems or seven galaxies, even, even greater. It was just a representation in just his one hand. His whole body was the makeup of the galaxies themselves. But here's the thing, what are we supposed to do? Do you not know, scripture says, that you are to judge the angels? What does it mean to judge the angels? What did the judges of the Old Testament do? They were military leaders. They were commanders of the armies of God. You are called to judge the angels and lead them in the final battle to take the powers of darkness away and strip every authority and strip death. And you judge the angels by partnering with them and fulfilling the destinies that have been written on yours and their scrolls together to command them forth. Look, this happened to me back in May. I was in prayer, and all of a sudden I, I saw a few angels, and as soon as I saw a few, I saw a multitude upon multitude upon multitude more angels than I can count. And I said, what's going on? And they said, nobody is giving us orders. You're the first person that has drawn us in that will hear us and will see us and will communicate with us and give us orders and judge us. We want to be judged righteously. You have the very same call to send your angels to, to join with you in the harvest, to, to fulfill the works of God, okay? The stars, the stars are the angels. What was created first? Genesis chapter 1. God created the heavens and the earth, but he was over the earth. It was formless and void. Then he created the heavens and the stars. Again, it was outer. It was proceeding further away from the throne. The stars are the outer courts. You are bringing the stars of God the Father into partnership with their divine ability. Jesus' right hand, stars are angels. They're the angels of the seven churches. You're fulfilling the commission to have them at your right hand serving you as they serve Jesus to complete the assigned works for them and to judge them and to take them out of darkness with you. You have to bring your angels out of darkness with you or they're stuck there too. And they don't want to be stuck there. They want to serve you and fulfill their commissions so they get eternal life as well. I release an activation of you over you to start commanding your angels and your authority and to judge your angels accordingly and commission you to fulfill your office each individually with all of the angels that have been assigned to you in Jesus name. Eating, sleeping, and drinking what unlocks your destiny scroll. That's the only thing you should be thinking. That's the only thing you should be drinking. That's the only thing you should be doing. Is what unravels your spirit through your soul and accomplishes your commission on earth.
partnering with the spirit that raises you from the dead is also partnering with your assigned angel. Your guardian angel, the main angel assigned to your life, has to be a part of your ascension. God gave you angels because they have impartation for you to develop you in your divine nature. They came from God the Father, and so much of what we lost in the fall, they didn't fall. And they impart it into you. You will see angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Why were they? Because they were helping Him rise in power. If Jesus relied on the angels continuously, and He was a perfect man that never sinned, how much more us? Hebrews 1. The angels help those who are inheriting salvation. The inheritance of salvation is Revelation 21. Living in the city on top of Mount Zion. So, we just by faith activate every one of your angels that your heart and your soul and your mind and your strength, they will lift the vibration of your bones and marrow physically mm -hmm. to such a degree in the spirit of frequency, of vibration, color, and glory, so high in the spirit that you're immune to every sickness and disease. Jesus was immune to every sickness, every disease. He couldn't even get a common cold. It was because his bones and his blood were different. The Holy Spirit and the angels are doing the exact same works in your bones and your blood as they did in Jesus. For you to inherit salvation, which means sozo, being whole at God's level of wholeness. It includes your physical body being raised from the dead. So that you're lifted up. You will feel the, your immune system getting stronger. It's amazing to me, even from just a couple years ago. A couple years ago, every winter I'd get a cold with the atmospheric pressure in the winters here. You know, it doesn't get below zero for a month in Minneapolis. We had the Arctic vortex. And so it's cold season, it's flu season. I can't even get snivels anymore. It's so shocking. And it's all because of resurrection, angelic power going into higher levels in the spirit physically through my bones and marrow and my angels have been lifting me up into these new levels it's for everyone that is a huge part of inheriting salvation that part actually gives God the most glory we want to just do it in the spirit and I was deceived in this realm for a while that oh, all of my inheritance is in the spirit that's a lie the earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof. The greatest glory is taking back the natural realm when your spirit realm is in full spiritual stature. Your Christian maturity, your cup overflowing and consuming the natural realm. Revelation says, And their spirit will devour all flesh, kings and generals, horse and riders, rich and poor, and the flesh of all humanity, the natural realm of all the nations will be devoured by those whose spirit life is built up into full spiritual stature. And that only happens when you become like the angels living in the degrees of the spirit where the angels live, above sin. They don't live in sin zones. They live in glory zones. They live in heaven. You can live in heaven on earth. I'm telling you, you can live in sin-free zones around your heart and mind. And the more and more you're lifted up, the more and more angelic activity will be around your soul. 
and the angels will work on every soul that you encounter and do the works of promotion and favor in business, marketplace, all relationships, your family. Every negative thing will get gardened by the angels. They'll uproot the negative things, the negative seeds, the things that offend the Father. The angels are the workers. And they remove all that so that every area of your life is sweetened on earth as it is in heaven. Yep. And what's more important than getting it right is activating it. You don't have to come into complete agreement with everything we're saying, but take what we're saying and make it living for yourself with God the Father in that mysterious intimacy. Living meaning profitable, fruitful, faithful, sanctified, okay? And, and let it come alive and manifest on the earth and in the spirit realm for you. Glory, this is the way to inherit salvation. This is the way to inherit the lands that have been apportioned to you. Look, all the judges in the Old Testament had severe opposition against the calls on their lives. Whether, whether it was the, the Philistines or whether it was the armies that they were opposing or whether it was even the armies of Israel that they were fighting for. The tribes, they were, there was tribal warfare amongst the tribes of Israel against Gideon, clearly. But we have to press through that and we have to, by faith, receive our inheritance. Look, faith, hope, and love are the three things that last forever. What does that mean? Faith still exists in heaven. What does that mean about where we are right now? What does that mean about what we're inheriting? If faith is eternal, faith doesn't cease. So we receive by faith now, we receive by faith in this realm, and we receive by faith in the spirit realm, and we receive by faith in full glory in heaven. Never-ending reward and faithfulness and position of our heart. So the more faith we build now, the more faith we enter heaven with the build upon. I just saw a bunch of angels carrying this carrying this like like sheet trampoline sort of thing and 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 we were all sitting in it and they're carrying us all up collectively together right now all of our angels are holding hands and pulling us all up as a as a tribe together and that's what i see that we'll all enter the promised land hand in hand with their our angels hand in hand mm. it's important to ask your angel to actually possess your flesh to possess your physical flesh and your soul because that's your angelic nature. Your angelic guide is actually your angelic nature. In Revelation, it says that the number of humanity is 666. And woe to the inhabitants of earth whose number is 666 for destruction will come upon them. But the, it also says a little bit later that the number of an angelic man is 144. We are the 144,000 tribe that's ascending by the angelic nature being made manifest through not just our spirit, but also our soul and our flesh. That can only happen by asking your, your, your angel guide to possess your flesh angelically. And I, I see also angels that will, you don't just have one angel, there's angels all the way up to the throne. And the throne's inside of you, but you're rising spiritually inside of yourself. You're not rising up into the physical universe, up into the stars. You're rising internally, spiritually. And I see angels ascending and descending at different layers. And angels will only come down to a certain level of your spiritual elevation. But if you're there, they can grab you and pull you up. 
and you can and you can start getting pulled up on like a levy system that the angels have set up and they'll you, you when it all comes to you in the glory I feel like I'm supposed to break off any sort of fear of being deceived by fallen angels or break off any sort of fear of discerning spirits or how do I know if it's a good angel or a bad angel if you if you are afraid of it being a good angel or a bad angel you're already listening to a bad angel the point is you're in the glory and in his light you see light first and foremost you're at the throne in the center of God's heart and you're looking right into the eyes of Jesus and all you see is his love and all you see is his heart and all you see is his glory then the angels will come to you the angels are just absolutely when they see you engaging with the throne they're going to be all over that you'll have angels swarming you and it's really light and easy and they'll offer you something you just go yeah and it's and you and you know this good you know this true and there's no question in your mind if there's a question in your mind then you're not fully submerged in the glory so first and foremost seek the kingdom of heaven first and foremost seek his heart and his throne and all these things will be added unto you and it's important to understand well, how can an angel possess my flesh? Listen, Luke 17, 21 says the whole kingdom of heaven possesses your flesh. Yeah. That's all two-thirds <laughs> of the angels. The full revelation is the whole kingdom is inside you. Yeah. <laughs> the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and the Godhead, and in Him we live and move and have our being, and all the holy angels that obey Him are inside the Godhead. <laughs> You are a universal creature, and we see this physical man as just a physical ability, six feet tall, walking the earth, but that's not what we look like in the spirit. In the spirit, every single human being has the potential, according to their faith, to walk in the Father's ability. The Father's omnipresent, and if anyone's with the Lord, they're joined to the Lord as one spirit with the Lord, meaning that you have His omnipresent ability in your spirit if you just yield your brain and the brain's ability to your spirit, you begin walking in spirit ability, divine ability, angelic ability that's already in your spirit. It's not so much that it's dormant, it's that the head has too much control over the heart. That's why it's called grieving, quenching, and resisting the spirit, because you're denying your divine nature. You're divine, your angelic nature. Okay? God is a spirit. John 4, 24. And you have to be in spirit to worship Him. And you have to be living out of your heart realm and not your head realm to be walking with God. Not a single person on earth has ever walked with God out of their head. Ever. In the Old Testament or New. They all walked by faith. Hebrews 11. The hall, of faith fame, the hall of Faith fame. It was always about trusting in the realm of the Spirit and sacrificing your five natural senses for His divine ability to work through you even in the Old Covenant. How much more in the perfect New Covenant of the Holy Spirit without measure given to our hearts. But if we're in our heads, we deny that divine ability and we quench the Spirit as a river through our hearts. Yeah. The issue for almost every single person in the world now that already believes in Jesus yep. is giving up the carnal nature of the brain and bringing it into the river where the Spirit lives. John 7, 38, out of your heart will flow rivers of living water 
for only those who believe. And believing in faith is living out of the heart realm and not your eyes. If you live out of your flesh eyes, that's the wide path of destruction. These are deceiving eyes following the natural man, the eyes of idolatry that look upon the flesh. The eyes of the heart are illuminated and look upon God. And you live out of the eyes of your heart. You live out of your inner man by faith and you constantly practice that righteousness until it completely transfigures your natural man's senses to your spirit man's senses. And that's what transfiguration is, is the constant yielding of your five natural senses to your infinite glory senses. You have more than five spiritual senses. God is infinite in His ability. Everything He imagines is created. So it is with your spirit. And it's not fantasy, it's faith. And your spirit is a substance that has creative ability in it. And the rivers come out and the angels obey everything that comes out of your heart that proceeds from the throne of God and the Lamb. You're transitioning out of the curse of the natural man into the blessing of faith of the spirit man. The promises of all God's divine ability fully formed and functioning inside our hearts. And your heart will overtake your mind and wrap your body, which is called putting on the armor of God. <laughs> the armor of light is having the king of glory in your heart, taking over your carnal mind, controlling your mind, and wrapping your body with his ability. And it, it takes a constant yielding and surrender to him living on the inside. And it's fun. It's fun yielding. It's fun dying to the sin nature. Unbelief is torture. They were tortured by snakes and scorpions in the wilderness. They died in unbelief. That's not fun. Being an unbeliever is being tortured under fallen angels, snakes and scorpions, getting stung with the tail and the sting of death continuously. And we hurt ourselves constantly when we don't yield to our divine nature on our heart, which is faith. And it's not your faith mustering it up in your brain. I gotta believe, I gotta believe. That's demonic religion. It's the faith of Jesus living in the center of your heart. He's literally in there and your mind is realizing it and you begin to drink that substance of his glory. Faith is the substance of the glory. Faith is the river of life, the substance and the evidence of things not seen. And your mind begins to be persuaded. The greater is he who's in you than the natural external lie that's in the world and it just transfigures your brain and your spiritual ability is developed and blooms. That's what a manifesting Son of God is. One whose natural senses have been constantly offered to the fire of the Holy Ghost in the heart to form the spiritual senses and the abilities of Jesus Christ in us. Which is mainly just living in the glory and enjoying God. It's not being a worker like everyone thinks. The angels will work in the honeycomb of anyone that's yielded like this and there'll just be like a whole kingdom realm and atmosphere around these people. These people be more like Acts chapter 17 hanging out and just talking all the time on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, they're not doing so much as works as they are fellowshipping and enjoying Christ inside each other. <laughs> Promised land, milk and honey. Where's the milk and honey? It comes from the tongue. Song of Solomon says, your tongue releases milk and honey, Scripture says. 
the promised land of milk and honey are the people that speak out of the realization of Christ in their heart and they drink the milk and honey from each other's tongues. I have found the promised land flowing within you. And when we build each other up out of this faith substance, the glory cloud gets stronger and our hearts are knit together in love and it begins to wrap all the flesh, which is the unbelief sinful nature, and it dissolves worldwide. It's great awakening. Amen. Uh, glory. I, I always laugh too because, you know... Lately, when I get around someone who's partnered with a demonic covenant or is operating in witchcraft, you know, I, I start feeling like these little whips on my natural eyes, and there's like, it's like, ah, you know, it's kind of like a little, you know, irritation. But I'm like, wait a minute, this is glory, because two things just happened. One, the devil just overplayed his hand, I know exactly what's going on. And two, you can't affect my eyesight, I'm already blind naturally, <laughs> and my eyes, which are in my heart, but is actually in the heart of God, so the demonic can't oh. reach them because my eyes are oh. completely outside of me. So the demonic is just like showing me exactly what they're up to, and then I can completely crush their heads. Oh. <laughs> and so it's about becoming fullness in the Spirit of God, where you are actually lost and hidden in his mystery glory, in his heart of love, in that place of mystery as spirit, because you're like a mist. You are so spread out that even if even if the demonic grabbed one cell of your spirit, they haven't taken anything away because you're that in the fullness of the presence of God. So you're untouchable. You're unquenchable. You're a never-ending eternal flame consuming everything before you. <laughs> and it's a lot of fun. You cannot suffer loss walking with the Father. Anything the enemy has stolen from last <laughs> season, no matter what happened in it, even if you messed up and you weren't perfect and we all do that, the greater glory developed by marching forward creates the increase from last season's loss. It's good. <laughs> yeah. As long as you keep going forward with Jesus, glory to glory, no matter what the cost is, it will increase will come and all things will be added unto you. You can never suffer loss walking with Jesus. As long as you're holding the King of Glory's hand, everything from the past will be recreated. Every relationship doesn't mean the same person will always be there. Seven more wonderful people will come to you from the one that was lost. As long as you keep going forward, that's the key. Don't turn back when the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. The intimidation, and when people are dropping by your side, Psalms 91, you keep going forward with the Lord. He, it is a promise that he will create for you, like Job, anything that was lost in any season of your life. You have to lose control in your brain to the creative faith realm in your heart. People are like, well, all the stuff that I lost, it hasn't happened in my life yet. Have you lost your soul to Christ in your heart? The person of Jesus on the throne of God, the real Jesus Christ, have you lost your soul to His throne? His throne is creative power working in the center of your heart. He decides how and what is recreated. Stuff that you lost last season might not be returned to you the same way. He'll often create something out of nothing. 
He does everything to increase your faith and to destroy your idolatry. If it's your ability that you want things added unto you, you'll never get it. Because it's not faith and it's idolatry. Anything of the natural realm, that's witchcraft. He wants to teach you God craft, glory craft, how to create, creative craft of the river of life and the ability of the word of God and the angels. He wants you to begin to operate in out of the kingdom of heaven dimension and not the natural dimension that requires the sweat and blood and the sacrifice of the curse of the fall for all increase. He doesn't want you in that system anymore. Come out of her, my people. Come out of the slavery system. Come out of Babylon's potent sorcery, which requires your flesh and your blood. What does it say? That they will toil the ground and the work by the sweat of their brow. He does not want any of you toiling the ground and working by the sweat of your brow. That doesn't mean he doesn't want you working. That means he doesn't want you working in the curse. He wants you working in the glory and learning how to operate out of faith and the creative ability of the glory of God and the substance of glory will come out and will create everything that was lost in past seasons. I've seen it for 20 years straight and we've been in the most hyenas warfare continuously. We have lost thousands and thousands and thousands of people every season of ministry in total all-out warfare against all Satan's principalities. We've been doing this thing for decades and I'm telling you, God will never have you suffer loss as long as you can trust his mystery to create out of nothing something because it's by faith that it pleases the Father. That's how you get your increase through spiritual warfare. And David recovered all. Amen. It was the anointing. There is a time of restoration of all things at hand. But the restoration of all things comes by the angels out of the realm of faith in the heart. And if people are still stuck in the head, they'll never restore one thing in their life. They'll try to restore the things themselves, which is not the promises. That's the natural man interfering, quenching the Holy Spirit with all of our good ideas that we need to put on the altar and let them burn. We don't need our ideas. We don't need our, our opinions. We don't need our doctrines and theologies. We don't need our human religion. Put it all on the gold altar before His throne. Let it burn. Let the Father be Lord of your life. Let the Father father your life, create your life, and bring you a new life and a new beginning. How about new beginnings spring up in every realm of your heart as you sacrifice your head and all of your carnal ability to the Holy Spirit working mightily in you. Amen. And then you'll see increase. Then you'll see restoration of all things. Then you'll see the angels working on your behalf because faith always activates the angels and the workers are the angels that bring the restoration of all things. Amen. That's why whenever you're around someone, and they prick something in your flesh, if you can point at them and be like, oh, that's their fault, there's a demon attacking me through them, you'll never overcome that test. But if you can realize, oh, Satan still has something in me, just like Jesus was able to say, Satan no longer has anything in me because he no longer had any flesh and he no longer had any brain attached to demons. When someone... A kingdom divided against itself can't stand. So Satan is destroying himself. If you can trust God and remain in the light of I am and just rest in God, Satan will destroy himself for you. So when someone pricks something in you, instead of going, oh, they have a demon that's getting at me, maybe that's true, but let 
that demon get at you because it's destroying flesh in you. It's destroying itself inside of you. If you can surrender into that and trust God through it, you immediately pass that test. And you get, and, But pride is always in the brain. So pride will keep you in your brain in the dry realm and say, oh, that's their fault, oh, that's their fault, blah, blah, blah. And then you'll feel all, all over and you won't feel high. That's an immediate buzz killer. But if you can just surrender and let all of that just flesh just sink into the fires of God, He will burn it up and you will have peace and it will feel so good mm. and you won't feel like you're rushing around all the time trying to prove yourself mm. or rushing around trying to seek the glory of men so that you can lift yourself up and somehow get some sort of false high that's not even a high at all. Um, but if you can just sink into it, and that's what everything about gaining back the promises of God is trusting outside of yourself that God is a mighty hand that wants to give it all to you, that's a good dad with all the riches in the entire universe, and that you're his son. Do you realize that God is your dad? <laughs> like, God's your dad and he loves you. It cannot get any better than that. God, the one on top, is your dad and he loves you, okay? <laughs> so you don't need to work for yourself. You don't need to prove yourself. You don't need to make it happen. You don't need to make it happen. But as you just sink into him and just let let the devil destroy himself inside of you as you just get high in Jesus, that's the single mind. That's the single eye focused on the light. That's the mind dwelling on the things above. And and it's not it's not double-minded. It's just when someone comes to tempt you, when Satan comes to tempt you with double-mindedness, you don't need to go there and then back again, then there, then back again. You can just sink and let it pass through you and you remain with a single eye and you just get higher and higher and higher and higher and you don't need okay so when when people talk about sufferings and trials building you up and perfecting you Jesus was perfected by trials but he did it all for the joy set before him he was single eyed through the entire thing that suffering never hit anything in him he never had to fall pride comes before a fall and jesus lived his entire life lowly in humility taking the low row so that the sufferings that hit him didn't actually hit him they hit glory in him and were destroyed and he absorbed this into the world he became sin for he, he who knew no sin in perfect humility became sin for us so that we could follow the that exact same path and live in the humility of his light with no sufferings and nothing actually hitting our flesh because we have no flesh when we're single eyed. We have no flesh when we remain in the glory. <laughs> so the lie that you have to suffer like that to grow is demonic. You drink God's light to grow. You get high to grow. <laughs> and anything that hits you feels good. Suffering in that realm, that suffering of humility, you'll feel the grieving heart of God. You'll feel God grieving for all the people out there. But it's good. It feels good. There's a suffering of Christ that is in the glory. There's, a, there's, a, there's glorified emotions that you can that you can remain in his humility and when you're in that humility there's glorified sufferings and no longer does anything have to be bad <laughs> mm -hmm. just by remaining in him yeah <laughs> and one of the most important things you can do is craft a language from an intimate place with God the Father himself to develop and grow your angelic authority and your kingdom authority. What do I mean by that? 
after God created Adam, he brought the beasts of the field to him, and he didn't tell Adam what they were called. He said, Adam, tell me what you see. Tell me what you name this. And as Adam named it, it was so. So we have all the beast system of the world under the dominion of Adam because he named them and he knew intimately what they all were. Same thing in the kingdom realm. There are beasts and creatures with eyes and horns and multiple eyes, multiple wings, some with wings, some without wings. It's like unimaginable. So use your imagination in an intimate, sanctified place with the Father and start to understand. Look, even yesterday with Ezekiel 1, rings, angels that were actually rings and rings within ri rings. I mean, they have all kinds of forms that have been explained throughout Scripture. <laughs> And they can adopt a language that you know, maybe it's sci-fi, maybe you're a sci-fi fan and you need to use that language with the Father in a sanctified way to understand the workings of the kingdom. That's okay. Start developing it. Start saying, Lord, you know what I see right now? You know what I see before me? Uh, you know, I, I, see, I see a Chewbacca, you know, uh, whatever. And then l let the Lord speak to you about what that angel's purpose is, right? I see a Chewbacca angel. <laughs> Well, you know, release the Wookiees on the demons when you're getting harassed. You know, say, Lord, I release my Chewbacca angels. And so then you can start visualizing and conceptualizing what's taking place in the angelic realm. Amen. So that we can command the authority that's been given to us. But whatever it is. And, and understand the, the angelic ranks that have already been un unfolded, that have already been released. But look, at the moment you create this by faith with the Father, it's released to you. I'm telling you, it's, it's as expressive as we want it to get. And it will still line up with the Word, and there is still creatures, and there's still certain things that come forth. But God wants to develop it in a place of intimacy with the kingdom inside of you. Mm. Adam demonstrated the childlikeness of divine creativity, oh. named the animals of the world, and he named them, and, and so they were. So it is when you enter the kingdom like little children. Little children is not weakness. Little children is the creative power, yeah. your creative genius. It's your spirit's ability. Your spirit is always a child, the child, the holy child Jesus. It doesn't get any more mature being the, except being the holy child Jesus in you. With your spirit partnered with the holy child, your spirit is a holy child. And the holy child is the creative childlike nature. <laughs> Children know how to play. They know how to create. They have all this fun stuff going on. Make plain, make believe, all this. You have to do that in the divine. That's actually the mature things of God. Mm. The kingdom of God is belongs to little children such as these that know how to play make believe, <laughs> that know how to be creative. When we age, the world system kills our creative nature, and that's why we die. Because we no longer live out of the little child. We no longer live out of our spirit. If your spirit were to be completely lived out of with your whole soul, you would never die. And that's where we're going. That's yeah. how we overcome death. That we become pure, spotless children that value our creative spiritual nature more yeah. highly than anything the flesh and blood of our five natural senses can do. <clears throat> Amen. And so revelation and all the preaching and all the prophesying of everything we do is to get your inner child conquering the soul and the flesh nature to live forever on earth as it is in heaven. 
This is a Peter Pan anointing. <laughs> and you have to actually war against the adults. Yeah. You have yeah. to fight that. You cannot grow up. You cannot grow up. And it's second star to the right and straight on to morning. You fall at morning star to Never Everland, and Never Everland is eternity. And you will forever be a child. And you need to aggressively fight becoming an adult. You need to war against the external realm. You need to hate it. You need to, like, hate yeah. it. When it tries to put itself on you and say, oh, this is what it's like. Oh, you know, you just you just have to work a job and, you know, like, there's unicorns at your job, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you can ride a unicorn to work, you know? Like, Use your job unicorns. <laughs> yeah, and, and so... <laughs> Very important. Otherwise, they'll kill you. Otherwise, they'll kill you. You're either riding the unicorn or the unicorn's riding you. Uh, <laughs> but, um, well, yeah. The creative adult is the child that survived. Babylon the Great. And so we've, oh, we've navigated oh. the gauntlet of Babylon the Great to keep the child alive. To keep the spirit alive, the creative nature of our unique spirit as primary over all the natural abilities of sorcery, selfishness, and the brain partnered with the flesh, which is nothing less than covenant with the fallen angels. In Babylon the Great, you had to partner your soul with fallen angels to be successful. And we've masked it with all kinds of Christian religion to try to forgive us every day for selling out to the world system. The kingdom that's coming and will soon be here is a people so pure in the child that haven't come into covenant with the demons that are in the land. Yeah. And that's why we're persecuted in America and have very much been the <laughs> underground church of America for over a decade here. Because we have no covenants with the enemy in any sector of society. In the religious sector, we, we don't work in the temple of Molech. We work in the temple of the Holy Spirit in the heavenly Jerusalem, over the flesh, in the spirit, in the Lord's day. We live out of the river of life. Like John the Baptist was long kicked out of the synagogue working in the river organically as an exile. And the Pharisees would come down to him working because he was drawing people out of the religious system into the organic river of life preparing the way for the messianic kingdom of Jesus Christ which is outside of institutionalized religion people that have compromised in buildings made by human hands Acts 748 that God has never dwelt in have compromised with Babylon and they've made excuses and covered it up and said it's okay we don't have anything better we are the group of people that bring the perfect standard of what God always intended for Christianity that haven't been compromised and settled for complacent satisfaction in the world system that said you can be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect it's possible yeah. and it's not just possible we're all living in it as a group as a community as a tribe and it will transform Christianity back into its original expression as seen with John the Baptist and Jesus Christ in the first coming of his presence and the second coming of his presence it'll be perfected <laughs> and it will conquer all flesh in society as it is written in the book of Revelation. Uh, yeah. Simple formula. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then yeah. all the rest will be added to you. We've been so focused, stuck on the idolatry of worshiping the wood, 
the, the Ashtera pole of the cross and not move beyond the dead cross and into the living works. What we have to do is seek first the kingdom, pick up our cross, and follow Jesus into the kingdom realm, form the kingdom in our hearts, in our spirits, start expanding our grasp, start expanding our dominion over the beast system by crafting the language with God the Father in a place of intimacy that we have dominion over all the earth. That's the kingdom age. That's the kingdom fulfillment. And then we can move and live and breathe out of that very realm with God the Father directly. And as you start making these things come alive in the water temple, by putting it into the river, by putting it into the living word, it begins to nourish you and sustain you as your daily bread, as your manna in the place of wilderness as we cross over into the promised land. And so then you don't have to look back at the do's and don'ts of the religious order. You just start following Christ in the promised land, Christ inside yourself and trusting the authority he's placed inside of you, trusting him in a, in a place of intimacy and mystery and forming and developing everything you need to know. You can use all of your language, all everything you've learned under the beast system can be refined and used for the divine purpose. You know, what do they say? Uh, one if by land and two if by sea, you know? Uh, for, for the American Revolution. So, you know, one if by land, two if by sea, three if by air, right? If, if you want to know where, where, is your, where is your enemy coming from? How are they approaching you? What, you know, what do you need to, to, to plan defenses for so that you can, have, you can have a strong wall of defense as your offense in the kingdom inside of you to keep everything at bay? And then the angelic authority starts working on those things and you literally... What did Jesus say he, he, to the disciples? I go to my Father to prepare a place for you. My Father's house has many mansions. So what is our call with the Christ in us to do? To make that house, to make that mansion and form it with Him, with the many rooms, and to live and abide out of those rooms at once because we have the fullness. Our spirit... I'm not talking about soul fracturing. I'm talking about omnipresent spirit living and abiding in the fullness in all the realms. And then you walk in the fullness of the seven spirits of, the, of God. You consistently walk in the, in the wisdom and knowledge and, and might and counsel. Okay? All the seven spirits, the spirit of the Lord, the fear of the Lord. Okay? And they're all operating continually out of your spirit. And you are in the fullness of spiritual power and releasing it like a sword from you everywhere you go. And then things start bending their knee around you and worshiping Christ because Christ has been fully formed as a living Holy Spirit in you. <laughs> the possessor of all things, Scripture calls it. In Christ possess all things and you are in Christ and you're awakening to Christ's ability and it's a spiritual ability and it manifests through mystery and as you become restful in mystery you will see his ability and that's how you'll lose yourself and find your true spiritual self which is so different than the old self that it seems like you're dying that's why it says we die daily 
and there is a dying and there is a sadness and a sorrow to the dying of the old Adamic man. That's why all sorrows have to be washed away by the Revelation 7 that would come to the fountain of life. The Lamb will lead them to the springs of the waters of life and He shall wipe every tear from their eyes. The reason why we're wiping tears from our eyes is because our Adamic nature is being wiped away from our eyes by the drinking of the living water which activates the divine nature and our spiritual ability of who we are in Christ as new creations in Christ, all together new. And so the old is passing away and the new has already come. It's already come. The issue is now the brain awakening to Christ. And the brain, I tell you the truth, becomes a white stone with a new name on it. Of the chief and cornerstone of the building of the third temple of Jesus Christ. And it's waterworks. He went into the river, and the river became his heart. He got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and he got baptized in the river Jordan simultaneously. And the real river Jordan that Jordan was the type and shadow of began flowing out of his heart. And so it is for everyone that asks Jesus in their heart. They have the true river of Jordan flowing from within them to wash away the old Adamic nature from everyone in the world. And that's why the second coming is like the days of Noah because everyone will awaken to the Jordan within them. And its ability is your divine ability that washes away the sins of the world. Amen. It'll flood everything. And let's be clear about the instructions laid before us. Look, Ezekiel and John in the book of Revelations had the measurements of the temple intimately. They knew intimately the measurements with the golden ruler what all the foundations of this spiritual temple was. The new Jerusalem. The new temple. Why? One, because they developed a language with God where they received it from the angels themselves, the revelation, okay? Angelic language and communicating with the angels and getting a vision and placing it inside their spirits. Look, why did they have why did Moses have to wander for 40 years traveling in a circle? Because they had cell mentality. They were used to enslavement in the cell, in the box, and they had to walk out and recognize, whoa, we're actually free people. So of course we have to seek first the kingdom of God with our minds, with our hearts, with our spirits, and start understanding what's before us, and start building in it, and start exploring it, because otherwise we have nothing. Otherwise we will be lost in the wilderness like, the, like Moses and his people were. So this is why the call is to form the temple inside of us. Perfect divine order in an intimate place. Scripture clearly says that the bride herself is the new Jerusalem. The city of God is living out of the fullness of Christ realized by our brains inside each other's hearts. All it takes is the sacrifice and the yielding of the washing away of the old Adamic nature and its control systems, yep. which is the removing of the sins. And what, are, what is sin? Living separated from God, falling short of the glory of God. The Christ is the glory of God. So sin is any part of our mind, will, and emotions that's not controlled by the glory. There's no sin in the glory. 
The knowledge of the glory covers the earth as the waters cover the sea. It's the removing of all sin. It's the removing of every part of our mind that doesn't know His glory ability in the earth dimension. And it will remove sin in the earth. Sin is not believing in the glory. Not knowing the glory and living out of the glory's ability. And then you no longer are falling short, but you're resurrected into the glory cloud. Because your spirit is a cloud already. It starts the size of a man's fist and it grows to be a gigantic cloud full of rain that can be a covering of all flesh in the garden. That's having your faith authored and perfected, going from glory to glory. <clears throat> Simply awakening to Christ. The more you awaken, the more you awaken others. Mm -hmm. It will domino effect in every direction. Yeah. We do this to awaken you to Christ. Awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Amen. And it's your receiving of this ministry that causes us to shine brighter to awaken more hearts because there's a sowing and a reaping of the word into each other's hearts and an awakening to Christ by the pulling down of strongholds which is the ability of the soul outside of the spirit the pulling down of strongholds and the demolishing of every argument that causes divisions, factions and debates and all this religious activity and blasphemy that we deal with every day all of that is pulled down when the soul realm is pulled down into the Christ heart realm. <laughs> Unity of the brethren is everyone whose souls have been baptized into Christ in them and have realized the glory. So that all of our soul runs on the glory of God out of the heart dimension. Jesus was perfect because he lived out of the heart continuously and not the head. And where was he crucified? To remove the curse of the fall? The place of the skull to pull everyone else's heads into his heart. And his heart is the mind of Christ. No one can say, well, I have the mind of Christ here. You're a liar. Because mm -hmm. the mind of Christ flows out of your heart as a river. Amen. It's always new. It's always refreshed. There's nothing stagnant. There's nothing stale. It's always moving, living, active, and energized. And it flows. And it's growing. The mind of Christ, you could say, is the Garden of Eden that's alive and breathing and always growing. Yeah. The mind of Christ is not information in the brain. That's the mind of Satan. People take revelation, they put it in the soul realm, and they become anti-Christ. People can take any kind of teaching from any kind of prophet and apostle throughout the ages and become an enemy of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit plants seed inside the Spirit and produces the Garden of Eden the true mind of Christ that's living and breathing and free from the restrictions of man's flesh, free from the knowledge of good and evil and do's and don'ts of religious regulation of the law. I'm telling you, the law of love is total freedom through the heart and soul, and that's where we're going. We're going back to the Word of God in Genesis. Jesus Christ's original design for creation to live in perfect love inside and out. But it has to be formed inside first. The garden must be formed inside. The Garden of Eden is a law because it was created by the Word. Wow. It's the law of love. And if you begin to live out of love, it will change your heart to speak love that, it, that fulfills the law of what keeps people's minds locked in the natural dimension. 
You can see all words as spells. This is critical. Because everyone operates in their operating system of their thought life and their heart life and their body life and everything that they live and move and have their being in scrolls in the spirit world. They're all spells. You can say even love is the most ancient magic and it is a spell. <laughs> Jesus, The Father threw his staff down into the earth like Moses threw his staff down and ate the seven staffs of Egypt. The Father threw a scroll of Jesus down into the earth to yeah. cancel every other scroll that the fallen angels have cast on the nations. Wow. It's so the good. dominant scroll of Jesus, the law of love that cancels the law of Moses and every other law that every nation has put in judges and judiciary systems, all the rules and regulations are completely fulfilled. And I'm telling you, the glory of God will burn through governments as we cast down the scroll of Jesus from our hearts upon our cities, upon our counties, upon our states, upon our nations, and upon our oceans, upon our skies, upon our waters, everything will be completely renewed when we throw down the scroll of Jesus upon this earth. That's how we restore all things. We get back into the most ancient magic of the original design of the Father's Word that came forth and created a place where righteousness dwelt. And righteousness is divine love. Righteousness is the atmosphere that's in the Father, being upright with God. So we want the same atmosphere that's inside God, that makes God God, all that power, all that glory, on earth, and it's only activated through the Word. And every other word has to be fulfilled or canceled or removed. Some words are fulfilled, like the Old Testament words, law of Moses' words, those are fulfilled. Other words that came from fallen angels that are just sorcery spells, magic spells, word curses, witchcraft prayers, are just completely washed away. And it cancels every other scroll working in the spirit when your heart is transformed with the law of love. Amen. It will completely renew all creation. And it's a legislature. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. It's a government and legislature of the laws of love coming down like a scroll, New Jerusalem, Bride of Christ, that washes away every other word that's working in the heart realm, soul realm, and flesh realm. And becomes a government of the word of God and the law of love and the legislature of peace through all creation chiefly through flesh and blood of human beings that have been corrupted with fallen angel influence. All demonic influence is destroyed as the scroll of the Father, the Word, the Son of God, is cast down upon flesh. That's what it means in Revelation for the iron scepter, the Word of God, to dash the nations to pieces like pottery. The iron scepter is the law of love, the scepter of the King the word of the kingdom of heaven that comes through flesh and removes every other word that's been spoken. Amen. Mm -hmm. And it will establish peace, world peace, by the law of love and the legislature of peace. Uh, that's why you have to hate darkness. That's why you have to absolutely hate darkness and live in the wrath of the Lamb. Because... We are the riders riding on the white horses returning out of the heavenlies into the earth dimension to destroy it. And you're either 
riding on the wrath of God, which is his love. His love destroys evil. Either you're riding on that wrath, destroying evil, or you are the evil being destroyed by love. It's one or the other. There's no in-between. And if you're in-between, then you are the evil that's being destroyed because the lukewarm is spit out of his mouth. So you're either all hot or you're going to get consumed. So it's important to learn righteousness. And righteousness is a knowledge of how beautiful God is and living in his heart chamber just knowing how beautiful he is and out of that place of understanding the worth of Christ you understand that everything else is absolutely disgusting and all the natural things that are happening around you are just disgusting to you because you've tasted a higher way and everything else is just disgusting to you and you destroy it out of like the hellfire that's burning out of your stomach you breathe like a fiery dragon and you destroy the natural realm and all the familiar spirits in the natural realm and this is something you can do by literally just imposing your atmosphere on the atmosphere around you you come into a room and you are the authority your mind i can see my mind like grasp into a natural realm like when I come into a room my mind the spirit comes through my mind and grips the room with the spirit grips the room through my mind and and it's a natural thing that happens spiritually and you grip the room with the authority of God and that highest way love is the highest way so you love someone and you perfectly accept them and they have to be changed their evil has to be destroyed and they have to come into your fold of love <laughs> because everything bows down to love. So learn that authority by just knowing God. God will teach you that authority. Being sustained <laughs> being sustained by the fruits of the garden. Look, what was put in place to prevent Adam and Eve from re-entering the garden? A fiery cherubim. To, you know, with flaming swords. Look, when you've gone through the fires of God, that fiery cherubim won't stop you because you have the firewall. You have the Christ in you to get beyond that cherubim and back into the garden, which is part of your inheritance, the fullness, okay? And so getting into that place, look, this is why, this is why what Brandon was saying about people take and they make soulish the revelation of God of the moves of the spirit and then they then it becomes the the religious order of the day how do we stay continually nourished we continually go back to the source we continue to go back to the garden and here's a picture of something we have today in technology just to give you a framework of what this looks like you understand we all have like computers or, or cell phones right and what do we do we go to the cloud to download the data that we need in that moment. So you are connecting with the fullness of God's power in His Spirit. At any given moment, you have access to the glory cloud. You have access to the cloud of witnesses and everything they walked in. You have access to the angelic order. You have access to the garden. Everything is stored in the cloud and you just receive it and be a, a vessel that is receive in a receiving mode at that point you've, oh. you've transmuted your body you're, you're not operating out of your own mind you're in the mind of Christ in the from the cloud and then you bring forth what's necessary in that particular moment because it will change situation to situation we can give you revelation and insight to walk on but look even the manna in days in in, 
in the time of Moses became moldy the next day. Why? Because it started to enter the corruption of the curse within one day. So we have to continually get our manna and our bread right from the glory itself. So go, come do an internship with us and stay high every day. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking about making it possible to do seven-day internships because I just look at how much glory is here and how much you can receive in seven days with us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would completely alter the rest of your life. I go out there sometimes and I'm startled of the standard of life people live in in Christianity. I'm not trying to boast here. I'm just, it's shocking to me. And I look at Penny, I'm like, is it really that bad out there? We, you guys have no idea. We are spoiled in the glory of God so bad here in our community. You come into this community of continuous glory for seven days, it will completely transform your life. So I think a lot more people could do a seven-day time with us, and so we're going to try to open that up in the months ahead. So just to, just to multiply this and to increase our global community, this is the kingdom of heaven, and whoever's walking in tremendous glory must multiply it in others. Whoever is given much, much is required. We've been given so much that it's shocking. Like, we are spoiled in the glory here. We have the sweetest fellowship every day, constant revelation, constant signs and wonders, continuous angelic encounters, and with just a community of prophets and apostles, and everyone prophetic, everyone apostolic, everyone entering Zion. Just, it's amazing what's going on here. So if, sign up to be an intern, and tell us how many, when you can come, and what, how long you can stay, and We'll make it happen for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> and if you guys want a weekend baptism of this, so you can't spend seven days with us or a week, two yeah. weeks with us, come to Love Fest. There's like 25 tickets left, I think. It's like, you know, 75% sold out already. But there's 25 tickets. There's It's in Davenport, Florida, right outside Orlando. Get a hotel in Davenport, get a ticket, and spend a weekend with us and get a taste for living in the glory this deeply. You really, the mind can't comprehend the things of the Spirit. You, everyone needs a baptism in this, and we are equipped and trained by the kingdom of heaven to baptize and keep people in the glory and to take them deeper in the glory every day. That's our job, and we're doing it, and you should be a part of it. All the information's at redlettermin.com for the internship and for Love Fest. There's schools, foundational schools from 2016, 17, 18, 19. There's two different courses on the Love Glory on Udemy. All of it's free. Thousands of hours of prophetic and apostolic teaching that will cause your heart to be completely built up in love and in revelation and fresh bread, hidden manna, new wine, drunken glory, to live in the glory of God and to become a cloud of glory. Who are these that fly along like clouds like doves to their nests. They're the manifesting sons of God whose hearts are fully built up in the glory of God. God is commissioning us to become clouds during this time. Mm -hmm. Clouds so full good. of rain. The rain of Christ is when the body of Christ becomes a cloud and together we are the bridal cloud. 
the marriage carriage of mercy and love that will cover all flesh as a cloud full of rain, the rain of love, will transform all society. This is the beginning of the reign of the bride of Christ, the beginning of the revelation of the new Jerusalem and living in the water temple and overcoming the flesh and living on top of the mountains, which is having conquered the carnal nature to live in the spiritual nature of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ with the river gushing out of all of us, all of us as clouds full of the rain of the river flowing out of us on, t- on the mountaintops, conquering all flesh, transforming all society. This is the beginning of that reality, the bridal reign of Christ. Pray about becoming financial partners with this ministry. Everything we do in this ministry is through your donations. All of the broadcasting, the thousands we spend on evangelism, the $20,000 broadcasting studio we have here in the crack house, all the upgrades to the studio, the new administrative offices we've signed a lease for that we, we move into our new offices next month. February 1st, we'll be moving in. And so these are all kinds of upgrades. Be a part of this ministry and partner with us. Finance this increase. This message is the most powerful message in the world. A lot of you are realizing that. And this is what people need to hear. Your financial support magnifies this ministry, this community, and brings increase for more people to enter into this reality. It truly disciples the entire world. We have access to 2.2 billion people on Facebook today. I'm telling you, it's the largest media platform of all time. It's not a little thing. It's the biggest media platform far beyond NBC, CBS, CNN, Fox News, far beyond television, far beyond radio is the Facebook platform. People scoff at it, they belittle it. I'm telling you, God has set it up this way to reach and disciple the nations through media revival. We're taking the media mountain. We've been doing it in a major way, reaching literally millions per year the last several years. And the work keeps getting bigger and bigger. As more and more people partner with us, we can reach more and more thousands of people and change hundreds of lives. The testimonies pour in all the time of people coming off of drugs, alcohol, most importantly, coming out of the curse of the fall into the glory of God. Oh my gosh. So beautiful. Amen. And plugging them in with all the free teachings and discipleship schools and solidifying their hearts and minds in the glory. And all of those resources are already established for everyone for free. So partner with Red Letter Ministries. Donate at redlettermen.com. We'll see you guys tomorrow. We love you guys so much. (laughs) Glory.